0: ah yes the cool button uncensored hockey podcast is back on the air there is excitement with the nhl's return excitement with outdoor hockey on the weekend but massive disappointment with the postponing of the 2022 or cancellation tomato tomato world junior hockey championship greg no time for fun it's seriousness why no bubble Wino Bubble, is it true people were mingling on on the elevators? Um, Did they think they could get away with it? Could they not just separate the players? There's a lot in play right here. People are angry, my friends. They've got pitchforks. They've got pitchforks. So let's start with canceling postponement. Did it have to get shut down? Was was the forfeiture the way of saying this is not going to be a legitimate tournament? You've got the floor. Speaker from Alberta. the floor well what i would say to you
1: steve is is that under under the under the current protocols and the current condition there was no way the omicron was was moving at such a fast rate as hard as the organizers and everybody was trying to stay ahead of it the the just couldn't happen and you know you had you had four teams impact you had switzerland prior to the tournament and then you had the usa czechia and then uh, russia i mean it was just going to extend if they didn't cancel it then. They were gonna. They were just gonna have these series of forfeitures, and then what ends up happening on January second in a quarterfinal, or if you got to January fourth uh, into a semifinal. So, based on 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 everything that was happening on the ground, it had, it, it, there was no way it was hanging by a thread two days ago, and so it had to uh, had to go. You know, mingling. There was no mingling. Uh, uh, I don't know where these. It's kind of kind of hilarious to, to hear all the reports from people that uh, are nowhere near red. Gear, okay. There was no mingling. Uh, I mean, the people that were at uh, the teams, TSN people, everybody was, was minding their P's and Q's. Uh, the testing that was going on. The bottom line is what we're seeing with Omicron is, is that it's highly transmissible and you know, pe- people were getting, the good news is, is nobody was getting sick. So that, that, that was a positive. To your question about could there have been a bubble? Yes. No, there couldn't have been. Keep in mind, I'll tell you why. When did this all start to come about? December 12th. December 12th, when the Calgary Flames. Okay, so December 12th, okay, the teams were already in serious protocols uh, in their respective countries, flying, uh, being uh, negative before they got on the plane, in a quarantine from the 15th. Look what happened from December 12th up until the, you know, December 23rd with the NHL. In, in a short period of time, you know, the NHL. So how do you get a bubble? How do you get a bubble? Everybody thinks, oh, you get a bubble. What are you going to do? Kick everybody else out of a hotel? You know, the testing and everything that goes into it. There was just no way. And, and economically, economically, there was no way. What are you going to do? Tell everybody, okay, we're going to be in a bubble again. No, we're not selling tickets. I was talking to Merrick Sutter. That's the son of Brett and Connie. Who, who who was a big part of organizing Red Deer. He said, on, on, on December 12th, 13th, we, we, we were looking at our final push of ticket sales. We were at 85%. We're at 85%. We're trying to go, okay, what do we got to do? What do we got to do for the next 15%? 12, 13, 14, 15. We saw how rapidly it happened. There was just no way. Anybody that thinks there could have been a bubble is just that they're not realistic about what it takes to put in a bubble. I mean, we were in a bubble last year we went in on December 14th, and we quarantined for five days. It it, it happened too quick. There was no way. And, and as hard as they tried, as hard as they tried, as hard as everybody tried, Omicron conspired against the 100% best efforts.
0: So good, tough questions. And, you know, I'm playing devil's advocate a little bit as no, well. No, it's good. The, the, the bubble was only realistic. If you knew what was going to happen in December, in October, we thought, This is not going to affect the NHL. This is not going to affect the world juniors. We're going to have people in the stands. So you can't turn on a dime on December 12th and go, well, we have a problem with the flames. And now we're going to go into a bubble. And the idea was they didn't want to do a bubble again, that they probably wouldn't have had another world junior championship in the bubble. Anyway, so this was about getting the reward for Edmonton and Red Deer of what happened last year by getting 85% and, and eventually 50%, which fell from 100%. So the idea was we're going to do this real. And if we knew we weren't going to do it, they probably wouldn't have started from the beginning. And are you saying about, you know, the domino effect of the virus that this was just the beginning? This, we had four players. People say they shut the tournament down for four players. What you're saying is in a few more days, four would have gone to 40, would have gone to a cancellation anyway. Well, I don't
1: know. but All I know is that the way the protocols were, if you have a positive test, the team has to go into, a, into an isolation quarantine period. So that's why, the, 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 that's why there was forfeits. So there was officials that tested positive. There was a number of TSN people, broadcast people, that tested positive. The, like there was lots of people, there was lots of areas of, of the World Junior being impacted because of positive test. December 11th, the Calgary Flames played at home against the Boston Bruins. It was a, it was a game. Nobody was thinking, oh, boy, we better get to a bubble. December 12th, we read, oh, all these positive tests for the Calgary Flames. Right? Like, you know, like you said, you turn on a dime. There, there was no way. This isn't, this isn't Bobby Orr beating the forecheck and, and, and shaking something. Like, I mean, <laughs> this is this – this is – how fast did it come? It, it, I mean, it like, so, okay, we're postponing the Calgary Flames game on the Monday versus Chicago. Quickly, the Tuesday game got canceled. Then the Thursday, and then all of a sudden, like, wow, look what's happened here! So there's no way anybody wants to suggest that there should have been a bubble. Impossible, wasn't going to happen. And th- th- there's profound disappointment. Don't don't th- th- don't get me wrong here. And and maybe maybe when we take a look back at it, maybe maybe we should have never started the tournament. May- maybe maybe the idea of starting the tournament was was romantic and that we could finish maybe maybe we were naive and thinking that we were going to get through this without any without any cases ultimately like I said Tom Rennie said it best Omicron won the world junior tournament this year
0: yeah I guess I'd rather have loved and lost than have never loved at all so yeah it it started with the pre-tournament games it was uh oh right it was Apollo 11 right from the beginning and it's too bad so okay well answered and and great information on on those topics i saw you with james duthey yesterday a june or july world junior a u18 on the women's side people think that there's two tournaments a year the u20s and the senior men's championship and sorry matilda there's a lot more than that the IIHF (laughs) deals with so on rescheduling replaying that they're using cancellation as opposed to postpone. That's why I said tomato tomorrow. I didn't even want to get into why really they, they're going to need some help. So there's people who are now blaming Canada and Alberta. You know, if the tournament was in Tampa Bay, we'd be still playing right now because COVID doesn't exist in Tampa and Vegas, as you know, Craig, they're at hundred percent capacity for NHL games, which is, it's going to be part of the conversation of, you know, what, like how does it work there and not work here and who's right and who's wrong. And, and so Let's just kind of talk rescheduling, replaying, so you we're talking about June. is that realistic here's what I
1: would say under under a normal schedule, under a normal international schedule, no, it's not realistic, but we're not in realistic times, right like you're, I mean, was it realistic to hand out the uh, 2020 Stanley Cup in September of 2020, but you know the the NHL and the players came up with an idea and they they, they they worked the idea and they said, hey, let's try this. And it was it, it was great, you know, postponing the start of last year, you know, but now we're the NHL is just trying to get a full schedule. That's number one. OK, the junior leagues are trying to get a full schedule. And remember, there, there was a real economic impact on 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 leagues in, in, in North America. Uh, during the, the 20 into the conclusion of, let's say, April, May of 2021. So what I would say is this. I, I love the idea of trying to look at solutions. Okay, look, let's look at what the solutions are. Let's, let's, let's see what we can do uh, in terms of trying to reschedule the tournament. But, but there's massive challenges. And I'm not saying we can't overcome the challenges. But you, you, you have players now that are you know going to the end of their season. Coming up to the draft, a lot of players, NHL teams haven't had development camps for their for their young players, right? Like you know, so how does that all factor into the idea of having a World Junior tournament? And and, and I'll give you an example too. Owen Power. Think about Owen Power. Well, I'm not going to just take Owen Power. I'm going to take Owen Power. I'm going to take Caden Goulet. So Owen Power at the end, like he might play for the Olympic team. Then he might go back to Michigan and play for Michigan. The man he's done at Michigan, he's going to go play for the Buffalo Sabres. You think he wants to come back and play in the world junior tournament in June or July? You think Caden Gooley, you know, Gooley wants to go and play at, uh, at the uh, – the, like he's going to turn pro uh, when he finishes playing. Is he going to want – I don't want to speak for them, but these are what you got to do. You know, like how are you going to be able to go and ga- gather up uh players where nhl teams go well wait a sec we we have we have development camps drafted players well we have a combine we want to get ready for the draft there's just a lot of things that are going to have to be considered to be able to put on a world junior tournament in june and i didn't even mention usually the world junior tournament preparations start in july of the previous december so it never ends uh, so when i talk about the international schedule you know it's a real challenge let as as luke Tardif said let's talk let's hear give me a month let's see what we can come up with but there's a lot there uh you know when you think about the women's world championships being rescheduled you know there, there wasn't there wasn't a lot of uh obstacles in the way of moving it from april into august and i think for the women's under 18 championship you know that, that that that's something that's totally feasible like you know let's move it let's see what we can do with putting it in different month instead of January under omicron the, the world junior is going to have a ha, have a much much greater challenge
0: yeah uh, well said and that's what people don't know about that because some of them only watch junior hockey at the world Juniors unfortunately then they think about their NHL teams and think well my team will be eliminated and won't make the playoffs so what's wrong with playing it may or june and you explain kind of the checkerboard schedule and if these guys legitimately would want to play so that's a lot to absorb what about the theory that if this wasn't in alberta or wasn't in canada that if it was in vegas we'd still be playing right now regardless how do you respond to that
1: well you know it's interesting because if i would have picked the right powerball numbers last night i would have been 371 million dollars richer like you know what? Like uh, go ahead, play the F game. Everybody can play the F game. If this, that. All I know is this tournament is awarded like years in advance. Years in advance. So Canada had the tournament in 2021, 20, and then because of what happened with COVID, Sweden said, "Okay, we'll we'll defer 2022 where it was supposed to be this year, and we'll take 2024." Canada said, "That'll be great. We'll pay back." Like, oh yeah, we'll just like. Again, like, when were they supposed to go? Like, on December the 12th? Oh, my lord, we're moving. Just kidding, folks. We're not going to be in Edmonton. You know what? Let's go down to Tampa. Steve, it's such a garbage argument. It's such garbage commentary that really what I'm going to do with it, I'm not recycling it. I'm putting it right in the garbage, and I'm tossing it. Because that's all it is. Like, if, 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 if. Garbage
0: commentary. There's our promo clip right there. So, um, yeah, it's like a party, okay? Just to plan a party for 12 with the food. <laughs> so, so now, uh, guys, I don't feel so good. I'm canceling the party. Craig, you host it at 4 o'clock. Kara's going to snap and say, you're telling me. <laughs> you're <laughs> <happening>. <laughs> you, you, are, it's not happening. It's not happening. And so now you're, so they're going to call Tampa. Uh, well, the, the Bolts are using that rink. And we don't have other rinks down. Oh, hotels, flights, accommodations, testing. And, you know, that's why they award the Olympics like eight years in advance. Oh, right? And they still don't have the buildings ready.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we'll just switch it. Yeah. We'll just put it here. And if it was there, oh, yeah. People, people that have no idea what goes into the tournaments are suggesting that if it was here. Okay, good. The other thing that I get a real kick out of is people that are all ready to, to say they have no idea what goes into the planning. They have no, no idea. Like the hundreds of volunteers. Hundreds of volunteers in Edmonton and Red Deer that have been involved in this for a period of time. Hundreds. Like, 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 what do you think? People just come out of the woodwork? Oh, yes. like, it's so ludicrous to hear some of the commentary and to hear comments from people that literally have no clues. No clue. You know, one of the things that that, that you realize, people that think they know, that have no, that, that don't know, but really think they do know. Wow. Like, oh, boy.
0: Well, welcome to most of the voting population. Okay, so <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about the NHL. The NHL has returned. The NHL has returned uh, with exciting action. But moving forward, postponements, 10 days to five for quarantine, the border. You know, Montreal was supposed to play Boston at home on the 12th, but that's going to be in Boston on the 12th and kind of massaging ourselves to get to like, that's not a, a COVID situation. That's a, nobody in the, in the crowd situation for finances. And we're running a business here. So in the button crystal ball of podcast 26 until the middle of January, are the numbers going to show highly contagious, but not as serious in the hospitalization, the deaths that the schedule will be like, when do we need to see something in order to see it, in order to make normalcy, or as much normalcy as possible, return in January, or I'm hoping at worst, early February.
1: Yeah, well, and I think your word hope there is a good one. So here's what I would say to you. The CDC just reduced it from 10 to 5. So Centers for Disease Control in the United States. Well, I'm trusting that the, the, the health experts and the medical experts are the ones taking in the data. So the data has to come in with respect to what is this meaning to, to, to health systems and hospitals and, 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 and the people working, the doctors, the nurses, the frontline workers. I, I understand that. But at some point in time, we're, we're, we're going to have data on, 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 on COVID and on this virus that's going to say, you know what, uh, we're moving from pandemic into endemic. I, I don't know when that date is, I, I, you know, but, but we're going to go there. It, it has to be encouraging. in in my world, it is, and people I talk to, that it's, you know, not that it's contagious, great, but the the, the symptoms are not severe, the outcomes are not severe, uh, you know, so, and we're in a very different place than we were when we didn't have vaccines, we didn't have therapy, so I'm hopeful, Steve, I'm with you, I'm hopeful, and, you know, I think the CDC moving in that direction, the NFL, they moved in a direction. They said, hey, here's what we're going to do. We're, we're not, we're not going to test asymptomatic players. You know, think about this, Steve. We're testing people with no symptoms to find out if they're ill. Like, like who does that? Uh, the, the barbarians? <laughs> the
0: barbarians?
1: Uh, 1400s? Uh, to see if they're uh, ill? I've, I've been told never in the history of mankind have we tested people with no symptoms to find out if there was something wrong with
0: them. Yeah. And I guess if my you... medical
1: experts, I'm talking medical experts, not, not, not from some wayward, like, you know, uh, place on the, on the internet.
0: Yeah, no, I know. And that's like, you know, checking to see if they're a witch or a warlock, you know, we're, we, we're going to burn you at the stake. Cause we're, you know, craziness of the 1400s and everything else. Uh, this is craziness as well. So, yep. But I, I, I want to, so one of the things that really frustrated
1: Russia, USA, Sweden, Finland, Hey, listen, I, I just know that, that, that those countries, their contingents at the World Junior, they're like, w- 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 why are we doing this? Why, why are you testing we're, we're all healthy. We're all good. Like, what, what's going on here? Like, and now they're coming from different places, right? And that's why I said the protocols were in place and they put the protocols in place to allow the teams to come in here. I'm just telling you wh- what, the, what the sentiment was. It's like, what? Like, we're fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with us. Could they have just
0: not tested and just played?
1: Well, that wasn't yeah. part of the protocols. That wasn't part of the protocols. So, would you society know, when- go
0: crazy at that if you just said, listen, you know, I, I talk about safety and well being. Is it 20? The average age of the NHL for most of my life is 27. And they talk about, you know, players being worse. I think if you ask the NHL players now and just said, we're just going to play and you have to live with your. Lives leaving the rink, and if you see your grandmother and everything else, they'd probably say, "Let's just play." Would society say, "Oh, you don't care about society?" Then, and then we get into another moral dilemma, and so I, 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 I don't know. Talk about fifty shades of gray. That's fifty thousand shades of gray, and everyone knows, but nobody knows. I'm just-
1: I'm just telling you what the what what the sentiment was, okay? Right. And and what Bob and what Bob McKenzie, I thought he was was terrific talking about uh, talking about it uh, after uh, the cancellation. And he said, "There's a segment that says, what, 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 why are we doing this? What, what, why are we testing?' Like, just let them play." There's another segment that's going, "Oh my God, lock it up! How can we be playing?" As you say, there's fifty thousand shades of gray in the middle, right? That's where we find ourselves. But what's legitimate and what's real is what the sentiment was from the teams.
0: Right. <laughs> it's yeah. like,
1: what's going on? And, and guess what, Steve, that's a sentiment from NFL players. That's sentiment, it's a sentiment from workers. It's sentiment from restaurant owners. It's like, what, like economically, what are we doing? And hopefully, hopefully this is a sign. When, when I talked about the sign, it, it, it's contagious. It, it, what, what the outcomes are, keep gathering the data because at, at, the mental health the economic health (laughs) like you know the the impact it's on schools and everything at at some point in time it's going to end the pandemic will end i hope it's sooner rather than later i'm encouraged that you know this omicron is not causing serious outcomes or appears to not be causing serious outcomes let's hope that we're on the right path and we move forward
0: Yeah. And we're going to move forward because we want to talk hockey or we could talk about this at nauseam like everyone else does. Talk in circles. And at least where we come from, we believe, as you've said, no matter how thick or thin the pancake is, there is another side. Society's in trouble if you say, I refuse to even acknowledge there's two sides not even talking about agreeing or disagreeing. We're just saying, I refuse to listen to your side. So uh, hear, hear on that, Mr. Craig Button. Uh, NHL back, so exciting when they dropped the puck and we had our first games the other night. Uh, God bless Montreal for trying, although they lost to Tampa, leaving Corey Perry alone in front of the net. Hmm. I don't know if that's such a good idea. Uh, pinching on a uh, two-on-one with Braden Point and giving him a uh, two-on-one from his own you know, blue line. But anyway, it was a fun, exciting game. Counting the goals we have had zero shutouts in the nine games so is this an example of you know you know do, 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 you know the, the clowns are at the circus because I'm seeing chances I'm seeing excitement the lowest <laughs> scoring game was 2-1 Bruce Boudreaux wins again seven and0 but that game was John Gibson if not for John Gibson it would have been seven to one Vancouver it's just fun to have hockey back at the NHL level and have conversations like how good is Florida what a play by our Panarin. Um, you know, the Canucks are 7-0. and oh, It's just, we should be talking about that from the get-go, and that's what makes this segment and podcasting so much fun is talking real hockey on the ice. Goals, listen, I don't care. You're a young adult. You go to the bar, you meet people. Numbers and chances are great. But we love goals, Craig. It's about goals, and we're seeing a ton of goals right now.
1: Yeah, I don't think you like the eight seven uh, Coyotes uh, Sharks game the other day. I know, like, I mean, I know it was a shoot it was shootout, but come on, like, you don't like fifteen goals six three Vegas. You don't like those kinds of high scoring games. Hey, you know what? Like, you know, one of the things that happens too, you know, with with, with the pause and postponed games and players, right? When you come back. You know, they're, they're refreshed. Right. And, and, and they're not, you, you fall into a rhythm. Everybody falls into a rhythm at this time of the year. Oh yeah. We're just kind of going, we're playing. Oh geez, this is our fourth game and uh, seven nights. You know, we got to travel. You, you know, you're, you're in the dog days of the hockey season. Right? I, I, I think in a lot of ways, players, you know, that had positive postponements that they couldn't play. Like there's a refreshing like coming here and, you know, the coaches haven't been able to drill into their heads and I'm not blaming the coaches here. Like, you know, tight, tight, tight. So it's, there's mistakes and there's players trying to do things and Hey, that's fun. Let's enjoy it. Let's enjoy it. Because once they get playing again, you know, how many times you hear this, Steve, we got to get back to our structure.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think I heard that from Dave (laughs) last night.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. We get back. We got to get back to our structure. But anyway, at, at the end of the day, it is good like it I mean it, it's fun right I mean speaking of Dave Tippett oh the Edmonton Oilers are looking uh a little bit uh I I like you know like it's it's so weird for me I don't know about you you got McDavid and Dreisaitl everybody look, don't have enough they only have those two guys well I, I'll take my chance with those two guys it's just interesting that I watch the Oilers and they look good and they don't look good. And I don't know where they're at, Steve. I don't know where they're
0: at. Do you? You know what's funny about our Jackie Gleason uh, unscripted style? I have the Oilers as my number one team list. Because teams that might soar, teams that might snore. I could see the Oilers going on a run. Like I, and, and here the Oilers are playing Colorado. I can see the Oilers missing the playoffs. And McDavid saying, this isn't working. Like, it's not working. It's not working here. It's not working. Whatever that means. That's what I see. I see last night, as I saw in the six game losings, even the two wins, I just see something. I don't want to go as far as have Bruce put up. Steve says Oilers are broken, but there's a problem. Like It's, and I don't know, because I thought, wow, this is going to be good. Hyman with McDavid. Yamamoto, Dreisaitl, Ryan Nugent-Hopkins, Yessi Pugliarvi, Cassian on the third line. Mike Smith is now back. I'm not blaming him last night. There was a, a, a perfectly executed two-on-nothing. I guess Teresenko's happy in St. Louis, right? Like, I see the Blues, and they just get by without any – like, the Blues and the Capitals have said – you know those people that stand up and say, what's wrong? What's your excuse? No, never complain, never explain. Uh, we're, we haven't played one game with Oshie Backstrom and uh, Kuznetsov. So? just go out there. The blues have issues. They just play and win. Like, is that Peruby? You know, is, is it La Violette? Is it like, like if you want to say my arms sore, I don't feel good today and I'm going to phone in sick, or you just go out there and get the job done. The owners were 16 and five and looking like they were going to play Vegas in the second round, Colorado in the third round. Now I don't even know if they're better than Anaheim or Calgary. I don't know. And I it's, it's, I look at teams, Flyers are 5-2-1 now under Mike Yo. That's good. Boudreaux, they're back to 500. NHL, okay. They won seven in a row, they're back to five. There's a long way to go still. You know, there's a lot of storylines. But the Oilers, you've got these two guys, and it's that hard, Craig. I saw it in your face. I, I don't know. I put it this way. If it was a stock, I don't think I'm buying or selling it. Because I don't know. I just say, just leave it in the corner. And that's what these two guys and I wonder what Dave Tippett and Ken Holland talk about after nights like that, or after the losing skid, like, I, I don't know. And I have no answer. I have no answer.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and sometimes no answer is the answer. As you just pointed out, right. Like, you know, the, the, uh, I'm not going to sell the stock, but I'm not buying more of the stock. Right. Like, I mean that, that happens every day in the financial world. So that's, you know, you look at it and you go, okay, I'm going to hang on. I'm going to continue to watch. So let's just keep watching. You know, it's like they, we're not going to play uh, dry side McDavid together, but when they play together, they're fantastic. But then they say they can't win if everything, all their eggs in one, back I don't think I'll, I, I just don't know for me when I look at it, I go, okay. Load it up, go after it, and and then tell the rest of your players, these two guys are going to play together, period, okay? And the rest of you guys, we're going to play, and you guys better contribute. (laughs) Like, you know, it seems like there seems to be too much of a massage of the, like, you know, just put them together and let them play. Because what they've shown when they're together, they're almost unstoppable. I'd rather have uh, two guys together unstoppable than – worried about splitting them up and everything that goes with it. Like put the onus on the other play. Hey, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, you know what? You're going to center the second line, get
0: playing. Well, I think they're back to that point. Now I'm going to, I'm going to predict that they start the next game together and they're going to say, okay, let's go and say to, you know, forwards four, five, and six, you, you got to give us something. And almost like the Sedins, anyone else can be in the other spot. So if you need to strengthen the second line, it can be 29, 97 and me. And just say, just, just get the puck to those guys and figure it because right now, but they still give up too much defensively. Like that's the other thing, you know, and we've talked before about certain data and and certain numbers. I use the Rangers as an example, the underlying numbers and the analysts uh, that talk about the fancy stats, they give up a lot and I see it. They give up a lot. The record is better than, you know, their numbers show. Will there be a market correction? You start analyzing that. Then you look at certain teams that gives things up and, and the Oilers do and it's Dave Tippett and I wonder, okay, the defense at times has been decimated, it's still not 100%. Do we judge them when they're back to 100%? Well, we just talked about what the Blues and the Capitals have been through and their injury situation, some other teams. I, I'm not sure. This is what's great about what you alluded to, 82 games. In 82 games, we know what someone is. If it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck by game 83, it's a duck. It, you've got time to kind of figure things out, you know? And I think the Oilers obviously still do, but it's intriguing. Like it is really, really intriguing. And if you use the US Thanksgiving model that we've talked about before, in our modern era, 75-78% of the time, if you're in, you're usually in the playoffs. So it's harder for Vancouver. It's gonna be harder for Philadelphia. So those teams are intriguing. Is there another team as intriguing as the Oilers for you? As you look at early return to play, uh, are are seven of the eight playoff spots in the East already gone are we we down to philly boston and detroit for 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 one is it too early to be even saying that well i
1: i I don't think it is too early to be saying it i mean we we got to watch like you, you you like i think 96 points in the west based on an 82 game schedule well that means now the fact that uh vancouver got back to 500 okay to get to 96 points now Okay, just think about that. That means okay, you got to be 14 games over 500. So the they're just back the to way. 500. But well, they got to go forward. like that, that's to get to 90. Like just start putting that. Well, okay, so if it's you know uh, maybe it's 94 points, we got to be 12 games over 500. Bruce has done a phenomenal job. I ask you this question. Huh? Um, <laughs> <laughs> How important is Conor <laughs> McDavid to the Oilers' success? No, that is Ant. How big was the Canucks win over the Ducks on Wednesday night?
0: How big like, was it? Of,
1: yeah, what kind of – get like,
0: what does that say? Well, I, I, JT Miller, I'll go with what he said. He said they really wanted this one. He didn't say why. I know why. They outplayed them, dominated them, outshot them, controlled the game, and it's the mental – things matter. Things matter mentally. For an A student, 79 is not good enough. 80 is an A, A minus, but it's an A, right? 99 points is great, but it's not 100. 49 goals is great, but it's not 50. He didn't want to say it. They to, they to, they've hit the reset now. They're 7-0. and They knew they were way better than the team that was minus 7 under Travis Green. They mentally are back to NHL 500. That, that just cleans the slate. Erase the bids. Bob Barker, erased the bids. No bids lower than $555. So now they get to, and, and, and that's what I believe by, by listening to them and reading between the lines. And if you do the math now, you can give me their record what they'd have to do the rest of the year. That is an unbelievable Mount Kilimanjaro to still climb. But at least JT Miller feels they've given themselves a chance. A more realistic chance than seven games ago. If you look at what the money puck odds were to make the play they probably were at nine percent eight percent let's say so they've improved that just to get to 22 percent maybe that's still not good odds but at least dumb and dumber they've given themselves a more realistic chance i'm only going by what i heard and the tone in his voice but but, but that's important and, and and you know get you know getting
1: to that hey we're, and now what they can't do is is exhale and go oh you know we're back right they got to keep playing and 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 that's gr- great for bruce great for the vancouver canucks but now they got to keep playing it's cuz now you, you know there, there there becomes a sense of like okay we're we're out of that hole we're out of that ditch right like now we got but the the, the the mountain is still the the climb is still pretty steep
0: yeah if you're on the top of mount kilimanjaro i'm sure celsius and fahrenheit join which is cold so i went through the math bathing- 40 Minus 40. It's yeah. At minus 39, it's 39.444 and 39. So it's close. But at minus 40, the Fahrenheit guy says, well, I've had enough. It's so cold. I'll let the Celsius guy figure it out. And that's how cold cold it's going to be in Minnesota on Saturday. How cold is too cold? And are you a fan of outdoor hockey, whether it's the first Heritage Classic with the toque? Like, that's the picture. Jose Theodore and the toque, Heritage Classic. We've got the rivalry, but the Winter Classic has nostalgia in the modern era with Crosby, and I think for me, the Big House. Like, those two were my special two. Are you a fan, and how cold is too cold, Mr. Button?
1: I'm a fan. I was at the Heritage Classic, and and the the best part of the Heritage Classic was the afternoon game in the sunlight. Do you remember what happened during that Heritage Classic? Mark Messier was given permission to come and play in it. He was still playing in the NHL. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> when Sather was with the Rangers, they they granted Mark Messier permission to come and play in the Heritage afternoon game with, with 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 the legends, the guys that have been retired for a number of years.
0: So really the Oilers started outdoor hockey and someone at the NHL took credit for bringing it in 2008. Like really the Oilers brought it back from our first ever games in the league on December 19th, 1917 we played outside we used to be an outdoor league because we had to be so somebody saw that and said it's great i think it was good idea though yeah minus 18 celsius see the wind chill gets me because minus 10 is fine wind chill makes you go i'm not going outside or i'm not going cross-country skiing like a certain temperature (laughs) makes it too much but how like it seems like it's going to be around minus 25 fahrenheit that's cold and you know, they're good. They're, they're going to play. So where are you on what's too cold? And then nostalgia of target field and the comparables to Crosby and the snow globe and to the big house and Bozak winning it in a shootout.
1: Well, I mean, target field is not, I, and I caught venue. <laughs> Let's no, get that sorry. straight. Okay? Yeah. No, I know. But like, but you know, it's hard for me to believe that, that Minnesota is having their first, you know, winter classic. I mean, the state of hockey, come on. I mean, they, they have have 10,000 lakes. I mean, they have all kinds of outdoor hockey. Right. So from that perspective, I think it's cool. You know, Minnesota, St. Louis have had a rivalry for, for years from the time they came into the league, North stars. They're now the wild, but uh, they've always had a rivalry. And I I, I think that the competitive nature of, of the two teams will be good. I, I like outdoor games. I, I do. I like the outdoor games. I, I, I think it's fun. I think it's it's for the fans. It's not. It's for the fans of the of the Minnesota Wild first and foremost, and the St. Louis Blues get to partake in it. But this is for the fans of the Minnesota Wild. I think it's great. Now, how cold is how cold? Like Steve, it, it was cold that winter night in the, like back in uh, Edmonton. Really, really cold. The toque. I mean, at, at a couple points in time, they talked about canceling the game because they, they, they were worried about uh, the players and, you know, the safety of the players. I, I, I can't answer if minus 27 is the cutoff point or if minus if 22. All I know is, is that minus 25 outdoor is cold. So how do you keep the benches warm? How do you keep the players warm? That's a, that's a big part of this because, you know, uh, the players are going to, you know, obviously physically exert themselves. And and with that, you know, you got, you want to keep them warm because, a couple of things, you, you run the risk of uh, frostbite. You know, you start, you know, like if your body is is sweating up and you're not warm and you cool down, like there's all those risks you have to factor in. And you know, we're we're really aware of them. The fans are going to have a fun time. And, you know, they're going to have their warm beverages that they <laughs> they can keep them they can keep them uh, uh, enjoying the game. But, but minus twenty five is darn cold, Steve. Like like I'll be straight. It's not pleasant. It's not, it's not a pleasant environment to play to do anything in minus 25 degree weather. It's not pleasant
0: period. Yeah. And you talk about good ideas. One of them could be is, you know, we shorten the intermissions. The second it's over, get two or three Zambonis out there, get it done. So it's not 18 minutes. It might be 12 and they get in quick and get out because didn't Kenny Stabler and the old time Raiders say, that when they went in at halftime and you kind of warm up, it, 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 it wrecks what you do when you come back out again. And I think Chuck Knoll and the Steelers, when they went in, they had that room almost as cold as it was outside. And they felt that was an advantage that the California teams or the Southern teams would get, they'd warm up at halftime and the Steelers went, we were, and they were still in the mood and still in the zone. And I'm only, this is all anecdotal to try to play. Cause it would stink at night if they can't like the, it'd be warmer in the day, but it's not scheduled for the day. And then we have to think about, and people in Minnesota have said, who've come on our show at Sirius XM. It's normally not this cold, like it's cold, but it's not this cold. Like we're getting, you know, when you're at, 32 Fahrenheit, zero Celsius. That's beautiful. Even a little wind chill. That's we play on the pond. Minus five Celsius, 27 Fahrenheit. That that's different. But once we get to this, we hope it gives like we need something. If they also phone Craig, what's going on? They've canceled the winter classic. Oh, you Ooh, can't, no, uh, no. we don't need this. That's why the nine games back and the goals and they was like, we need Bruce Boudreau. He had a beautiful little money. See his little Christmas mask on last night. It was beautiful. We need something. Hockey fans. We wear emotions on our sleeves. We're sitting there. Say, give us something. Uh, old man winter, give us a nice game, right? Give us a nice game. And you ask how cold it is. Here's what I'm going to say. Puck goes back to the point and Tarasenko says matador shoot the puck. You'll know how cold it is by how many flamingos we see. (laughs) And I'll say this Dean Evison, congrats on the contract, the extension. Here's maybe why Minnesota didn't have an outdoor game before. Boring. They were not sexy. They were boring. But now, Billy Garrett, Dean Evison, KK97, they signed Talbot, uh, Spurgeon when he's healthy, uh, the the toughness of Greenway, Felino. Joel Eriksson, you know what? It was just the wild. I'll be honest with you. I watch all the games. The early games are over, the Eastern games. Okay, who has my attention in the, the wild? Quick, give me something else. The Blues or the Hawks or the, you know what I mean? But the wild were, they weren't sexy, man. They weren't sexy. They're sexier now, a lot sexier. They can score, but that's probably why they're also back in the Winter Classic. So that's my wild rant. And congrats to Dean Everson, who still owes me a practice whistle.
1: Okay, good. So practice whistle for Steve. That will be your New Year's gift. Uh, I, I, I'm going to ask you this, and I'm going to leave the floor to you to take, take us home, okay? Yeah. You worked with Bob Costas. Yes, I did. <laughs> yes. I, I know you did. I, that's all you did. What's your favorite John Madden? The late, great
0: John Madden. And I know you have one. I think he was as good as it gets in the booth for the young kids who think he's a video game star and a broadcaster, like he brought it down like Shakespeare. He spoke to the intellectuals about defensive zone coverage and the three, four and four, three, and why you like one. And the, the cover D with the cornerbacks and the safety. And I know for some people they're like, what is he talking about? And then he dumbed it down to the common man. And as good as he was one of the greatest analysts of all time, who refused to fly and took the Winnebago to the games. He was a great football coach. And the pictures to me, because I used to be into the NFL films, was him being carried as a young John Madden, as a Super Bowl champion. And I was lucky that Kent Stabler came to my school and threw me passes at Woburn Collegiate. And Kenny looked at me as if I'm just a wide receiver. I'm just Lynn Swan. And he threw me balls. Jim McKenney recorded it, and I had it on VHS forever the connection through Stabler and Madden. And if you don't think we've learned in broadcasting from the greats, doesn't matter what sport it is. He was able to let the play by play guy do his job, jump in humor, jump in intellect, jump in entertainment. Brilliant. We're going to miss John Madden. What a man, what a person, what a coach at 85. God bless our listeners. Happy new year. Stay safe
1: you hit him. I mean that's boom. Boom, right to the ground. Some people say, you know, they run in there and they collide or something. I mean, it's in there, boom! That's what I say.
0: And boom, the ball's there right again between the eight and the nine. Oh, is he happy?